Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest your cause It's Friday. Wrapping up the week. We are wrapping up the week in our discussion of Matthew 23. You know, I've, I've really gotten a lot out of these conversations. It's, like I said at the beginning of the week, I, I, I struggle reading this chapter. I do because I, I, it's just scary stuff. <laughs> scary stuff. Uh, to see the kind of plight of people who, I would assume, start out with the best of intentions, like you were talking about yesterday. The idea of being Pharisees was trying to be a distinct people of God, which is really what the Old Testament called the Jews to be. And it's what the New Testament calls us to be. Exactly. And yet, see how they got so far away from God in their hearts and in so many ways. It's a cautionary tale to look at this group and certainly to see Jesus' final analysis and all of these woes. Woe to you. Woe to you. So uh, I guess we're going to finish reading Matthew 23 today, aren't we? Yeah, I want to go ahead and pick up with the last woe, and then we're going to move into the last paragraph as well. So I'm going to read from verse 29 all the way to the end of the chapter, English Standard Version today. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you build the tombs of the prophets and decorate the monuments of the righteous, saying, if we had lived in the days of our fathers, we would not have taken part with them in the shedding the blood of the prophets. Thus you witness against yourselves that you are sons of those who murdered the prophets. Fill up then the measure of your fathers. You serpents, you brood of vipers, how are you to escape being sentenced to hell? Therefore I send you prophets and wise men and scribes, some of whom you will kill and crucify, and some you will flog in your synagogues and persecute from town to town, so that on you may come all the righteous blood shed on earth, from the blood of righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah the son of Berechiah, whom you murdered between the sanctuary and the altar." Truly I say to you, all these things will come upon this generation. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. See, your house is left to you desolate, for I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. That last part there about Jerusalem killing the prophets, and even that last woe about killing the prophets, it it reminds me of the uh, parable of the vine vineyard owner, right, that uh, Jesus, I guess, preached against them earlier in the week. And at the end of that, after they have killed servants and killed the son, the Pharisees and the scribes perceive that he was talking about them. Well, especially when he says in that parable that he's going to destroy their city. Yeah. There were a couple of those parables where we pointed out that Jesus really was forecasting and hinting at the coming destruction on Jerusalem as mm-hmm. he highlights a destruction of a city. Mm-hmm. And now in these last two paragraphs of this teaching, he's pulled aside the curtain and he said, oh yeah, by the way, this is what I meant. Talking about Jerusalem. Jerusalem is going to get destroyed. Yeah, You've killed the prophets and you're going to be left desolate. That mm-hmm. That is what is coming. Before that, though, I went ahead and read this last woe, and this really does contrast with the last beatitude, kind of tying together to something we pointed out earlier in the week, this, these two mountaintop uh, right. sermons, 
and how one has the blessings and one has the cursings. Because if you remember, the last of the Beatitudes was, blessed are those who are persecuted. Persecuted for righteousness' sake. Yeah, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And now here what we have is cursed are those who are doing the persecuting. Yeah, you're right about that. And the recognition that here are the choices. And, you know, the interesting thing is while the persecution is going on, who seems to be the one that is blessed? Mm Mm-hmm. The one who is persecuted. Yeah, right. The people in power. Yeah, the ones who are in power, the ones who are able to uh, to to judge, the ones who are able to imprison, the ones who are able to execute. Those are the ones that seem to be blessed. They seem to have all the power. They seem to have they seem to have God on their side. In fact, it wouldn't surprise me if some of them didn't even think that. Well, look, I mean, look, we're the ones in power. God must be on our side. You know, the other thing I see about that, or I guess I perceive about this group, is they could look back and and read scripture and see the errors of the people in power before them. They could see those that had persecuted the righteous prophets. In fact, Jesus even points that out. Oh, oh, you say if we'd have been alive then, we wouldn't have done this. Uh, but you're doing the very same thing, and you're going to do even worse. Fill up then the measure of your, what is it, the measure of your father's guilt. Basically, your father's killed prophets, and guess who they're going to kill? The Son of God, right? Yeah. In, okay, so let's go there. We hit, hinted at that, or maybe did more than hint at it earlier in the week. We highlighted that when Jesus kicks this off with all these woes, or when he has this sermon that's full of these woes, he really is placing himself in the position of prophet. Mm-hmm. This this business of, of proclaiming woes was the prophet's job. I, I had pointed out earlier in the week, I can't remember which day now we talked about it, but if you were to run a search for the word woe in your English translation, you'd see it a couple of places in the historical books and the, mm-hmm. the, the Psalms, but man, where you really see it is in the prophet. So consider an example of this. Let's yeah. just go back. I'm going to go back to one chapter. This okay. is Isaiah chapter five. Isaiah five. All I'm right. going to I'm going to start now. We we read from Isaiah five last week when we were looking at some of these parables of vineyards because right. there's a parable of a vineyard at the beginning of it. Yeah. And he moves from that vineyard parable to this, verse eight. Woe to those who join house to house, who add field to field, until there is no more room, and you are made to dwell alone in the midst of a land. Drop down to verse 11. Woe to those who rise early in the morning, that they may run after strong drink, who tarry late into the evening as wine inflames them. They have lyre and harp, tambourine and flute, and wine at their feast, but they do not regard the deeds of the Lord. We can move on. Uh, let's just drop down to uh, verse 18. Mm-hmm. Woe to those who draw iniquity with cords of falsehood, who draw sin as with cart ropes. Verse 20. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and shrewd in their own sight. Woe to those who are heroes at drinking wine and valiant men in mixing strong drink, who acquit the guilty for a bribe and deprive the innocent of what is right. And on it goes. And I will say that, you know, one of the interesting things as we move into Isaiah chapter 6, the Mm -hmm. the culmination of this is Isaiah being called by God to go preach. And he says, woe is me because I'm a sinner. Yeah. Just like them. That's the culmination there. 
But we do see this this business of the prophets mm-hmm. as they mm-hmm. pronounced woes. And we could read one after another. Jeremiah chapter 13, 27, 23, 1, Ezekiel 13, 3 and 18, 16, 23, 24, 6 and 9. Hosea, I mean, it just goes on. Hosea does it, Amos does it, Habakkuk does it, Zephaniah does it, Zechariah does it. These prophets are all uh, th- this is their job. When when folks are in sin, they are supposed to pronounce the warning. There's a curse coming because of your sin. So when Jesus has this lengthy sermon mm-hmm. with these seven or eight woes, depending on your translation, he is taking on that mantle of prophet. That's a really great observation. Maybe... Uh... Uh, dovetailing with that is many of these prophets. I mean, you, you talk about uh, Jeremiah. You know, they are mistreated mm, in their yes. own time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Jeremiah was, you know, and and uh, the Lord here talks about the righteous blood, right, from Abel all the way to Zechariah, son of Berechiah, mm-hmm. right. That uh, the people of God rarely would listen to these prophets in any timely, repentant way. And so it is, you know, the, the, the prophetic woe is God pleading with his people kind of like one last time, you know, I, I don't want to discipline or judge you or, or what have you, but but they refuse to repent. And so when Jesus places himself in the seat of the prophets, mm-hmm. wearing the mantle of the prophets, and then he tells this story about Jerusalem, and what is it that Jerusalem does? They kill They kill the prophets. prophets. Jesus is setting the stage. Hey, I know what's coming. Here I am as a prophet, and I know what Jerusalem does. Jerusalem kills prophets. Yeah, and it says stones those who are sent to her. And what's interesting about that is stoning here is the the manner of execution consistent with the law, Mm. right? It's the people in power who get to do the stoning. It's Mm -hmm. the people who say, well, this, there's been sin here. There's been some type of corruption. The false prophet needs to be stoned and so forth. And so he points out to these Pharisees and scribes who would sit back and say, not me. Mm-hmm. No, I would have listened to Jeremiah when he said, don't go to Egypt. I would have listened to Elisha and Elijah when they said for us to put away our bales and to follow God. I would have listened when Zechariah comes in and says, let's build the temple. And I would have listened. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have hurt the prophets. And Jesus says, well, no, I'm going to let you fill up the sins of your fathers because that's exactly what you're going to do. You are going to do the exact same thing that they did. I'm going to send you prophets. Mm-hmm. I'm going to send you wise ones. And this is what you're going to do to them. You are going to kill them. And so because of that, your city is going to be left to you desolate. I think we see the in, uh, in another light, I guess, for the apostles, right? That Jesus himself takes on this mantle of prophet and this teaching. He says, I'm going to send you prophets. I think for the disciples, the apostles sitting around, you know, what do they get to expect uh, when they take the message forth? Well, they're going to be mistreated by their own people, rejected by their own people. And that's where the blessing is. Mm. That's where the blessing is. He, he is setting us up. We need to understand that those who are following God, we are going to suffer persecution. Uh, the, the, the cities around us will not accept what we have to say, and they will persecute us. And I think there's going to be different levels of that at different times and in different locations, but we just need to understand this, this, the, the, this is the way it is. Those who follow the Lord suffer persecution. 
One of the lessons that I want to take from this is that not to repeat the mistake of the Pharisees, and that is to read Scripture and read about the people of God before with this eye of, well, if I had been there, I would have known the difference. If I had been there, I would have done the right thing instead of just taking the heed myself today. I may very well be repeating the same mistakes, you know, that that people before me had made, and, and instead of learning from them, right, want to judge them instead of learn from them. Well, this is why I need to pursue Jesus. I need to listen to him. I need to read his word. I pursue need to, humility. I right? need to We're serve and be humble. I need to, uh, I, and this is why Jesus has set up the contrast, because it is clearly very easy to fall prey to this wide gate of being the persecutors, of being the ones who would not accept Jesus and his word and his will. And the only way to counter that is to be in his word. And, okay, let's go back to the Sermon on the Mount. How does it end? It ends with the story of a wise builder and a foolish builder. Mm -hmm. And a wise builder hears Jesus and does what he says. And a foolish builder hears Jesus and does not do what he says. Yeah. Uh, In verse 39, the last one you read, he talked about, uh, I say to you, you shall see me no more till you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Is that about a change of heart? Is that about when I want to see the Lord and he who comes in the authority of the Lord? I will tell you that the use of this verse in this context is a little bit confusing to me. I'm not exactly sure what Jesus is saying here. I know that's the same thing that the Galileans were saying as they came in with Jesus in the right. triumphal entry. I know, which the Pharisees were down on at that time. And they did not like they it. They didn't like it. And so I, I, it's possible, uh, and maybe this is what you're getting at, that what's going on here is, look, you're not going to know who I am until this change happens. happens. Or he may be talking about, you know, what's going to happen at the end of time when we do know that eventually every every knee will bow bow and every tongue will confess that he is the Lord. And we are either going to wait until that moment when his foot is on our neck and his sword is at our throat and it's being demanded of us as conquered peoples, Mm -hmm. or we're going to come to his side now. Mm-hmm. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And we're going to confess that now and be a part of his yeah. kingdom and his army. Yeah. And I hope that we will. I hope that you will. Listen, if you're in the Tampa Bay area this weekend, we'd love for you to come out and worship with us at Livingston. All the information is on our website, www.christiansmeethere.org. Of course, send us an email. Let us know what you're gaining from the text. Text talk at christiansmeethere.org. Text talk at christiansmeethere.org. Let's pray. A great God and Father, we thank you, Lord, for the day. We thank you for this week when we've been able to have discussion and study and devotion from Matthew 23. And Father, it's a fearful thing to think about the woes, to think about the judgment upon the wicked. And we pray, Father, that we might learn these lessons. Father, that we might not look back on those and, and think that we are so much better, but that we would be humble and take it to heart and serve you, Father, genuinely from the heart. Please forgive us of our sins. Please create a new heart in us through the gospel. And Father, that we might live in your light. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. 
Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.